listen to dive into topics on how to live a happier, healthier, more fit, and long lifespan, then you've come to the right podcast. Live in the dream with me, Coach Damian Evans. Together, we will explore the topics on all things health, fitness, and wellness. Together, we will be lifelong learners on this journey to living the ultimate dream. What up, Dream Team? Coach D here coming at you from beautiful, sunny San Diego. And welcome back to the Live in the Dream podcast, where we start the weekend strong by covering how to properly care for ourselves based on what works best for us individually and in order to reach for our health, fitness, and wellness goals, and in order to live that dream life. Today, we're going to talk about some physical self-care that I avoided for most of my younger years, all through athletics all through my seven days a week of hard training, through the years when I thought I was invincible, and boy, do I wish I could go back and do those years over again. The topic is stretching and flexibility. We went over mobility a few episodes ago and how mobility and flexibility are different, but also synergistic. They work hand in hand. It's important to work on one of these in order to be great in the other. Definitely go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, And James Clear, one of my favorite experts on all things habits, he has a great newsletter and it was so serendipitous because as soon as I released that mobility episode, he in his newsletter had this amazing quote. The quote was, self-care takes effort. It doesn't just happen. The body and mind need to be maintained. Similar to a garden, Without effort, weeds will pop up and overtake everything. But with a little bit of consistent pruning, the results can be beautiful. Whoa, I felt that. Self-care takes effort. It doesn't just happen like a garden. You need to do a bit of consistent pruning, and the results will be beautiful. Aging causes a natural decline in the range of motion over which our limbs and joints can move. And from the age of 20... To 49, stats show that our flexibility declines by about 10% each decade. But that's the average person. Just because stats show that as people get older, they lose strength, they get more frail, and they lose flexibility all as they age, that doesn't mean that you have to experience those as you age. It doesn't have to be that way. Studies show that a dedicated stretching routine can and will give you improved range of motion in your limbs and your joints, aka more flexibility. Andrew Huberman, professor of neurobiology at Stanford, released a great episode on this um, on his episode number 67, where he discusses the biological mechanisms of flexibility, highlighting the communication between the nervous system, the brain, the muscles. So your amplifier and your speakers that we've talked about before, your brain and your muscles, and the surrounding connective tissue, like the fascia, the tendons, the ligaments. He also offered detailed key features of the four major different types of stretches, which we'll go over today. In this episode, we're going to go and describe the key takeaway messages from that episode for building flexibility and I'll also outline some sample protocols that can be used and modified to develop your own optimal stretching routine. So let's talk about the benefits of stretching. In addition to alleviating general feelings of tightness, increasing flexibility can also contribute to improvements in overall general health, balance, 
stability, improved posture, a smoother, less impactful gait, meaning how you walk or run, and elevated physical performance in all realms. And it can reduce pain, which is huge. Stretching can also reduce inflammation. Some data in animal models suggest it may even potentially reduce the risk of cancer. And there's no need to stretch intensely or for very long. A study by Wyon et al. showed that micro-stretching, defined for the study as 30 to 40%, where 100% would be slightly painful, so 30 to 40% of their 100 is more effective than increasing the intensity of the stretch. So whatever stretching routine you adopt, know that you do not need to push your limits. You don't have to push your joints or your limbs to a point where you feel pain. 30 to 40% is actually more effective. Consistency and frequency will pay dividends for long-term flexibility. Just like everything, consistency and frequency, your body will adapt to what you ask it to adapt to. We're not looking for intensity here. Hmm, have you heard that before? Long-term consistency over short-term intensity, yes. Most people will also be pleased to learn that an effective stretching protocol can take as little as five minutes per day. Yes, we're talking minimum here, but... Sometimes that's what it takes to get started. Let's talk about static stretching. While dynamic and ballistic stretching, both types involve swinging limbs and using momentum, and I like to do my dynamic stretching prior to any kind of workout. My dynamic stretches look similar to the exercises that I'll be doing in my workout. Now, while dynamic and ballistic stretching can be helpful prior to performance-based activities and sports or, or whatever, a workout, A routine built on static stretching appears to be the most effective at increasing long-term flexibility. Static stretching should be done post-performance. I like to put mine at the end of the day. I do mine in the form of deep, restorative yen yoga stretching, long stretches for two to five minutes at a time. It's telling the nervous system that it's okay to let go of the tone and the tensity of the muscles, putting you into that parasympathetic rest and digest state, which you can then get into a nice deep sleep prior to uh, post that. So stretching is great to do after all of your crazy activities or after your workouts. A study by Bandy et al. determined that 30 seconds is the minimum threshold for flexibility benefits. Minimum is 30, and that's usually all we really hold it for. Uh, This is for static hold stretches, generating no momentum to move into or through the stretch. You wanna have a position that you hold still for 30 seconds or more. Now, 30 seconds is definitely the bare minimum. When we talk about yin yoga, they're holding stretches for like five minutes at a time, and a lot of times you're getting into that deeper fascia. Uh, You're getting past those big primary muscles like your biceps and your uh, quadriceps, your hamstrings, and you're getting into the smaller fascia that is uh, a lot of the times neglected when you only hold it for 30 seconds. The stretching routine frequency is a key factor in long-term flexibility improvements. And in a comprehensive review of different stretching routines, Palma et al. found that a minimum stretching frequency of five times per week with a total stretching time of five minutes per muscle group per week was optimal. So five times per week, 
five minutes per muscle group per week. That was optimal. So you can break up your muscle groups into chest, abs, back, arms, glutes. You could say thighs probably, but hamstrings and quads probably could be separated um, or put with your calves. Static stretching protocol uh, basics would be something like do two to four sets of 30 second static holds per muscle group five days per week. So I'm going to stretch my quad, my thigh. I'm going to do that for 30 seconds, and then I'm going to go to the other side for 30 seconds, and I'll do that for two to four sets. And I'll do that five days a week. It's important to note that meeting the goal of five minutes per muscle group per week can also be achieved by holding each stretch longer. For example, you could do 60 seconds instead of 30 seconds. By increasing the hold time per stretch, you can reduce the frequency, such as stretching every other day, as opposed to five times per week. That said, you don't want to try to stretch uh, once or twice a week for a super long period of time and expect much progress, just like mobility, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, or even training bodyweight exercises. It's much better to do a little bit each day rather than one long bout very rarely. The research shows that consistency beats duration and intensity when it comes to increasing flexibility. So what does static stretching look like? Well, you could do a standing quadriceps stretch. Hold it for 30 seconds. You could do three sets alternating left and right, back and forth. You could do a standing hamstring stretch, 30 seconds bending down and touching your toes, or seated hamstring stretch with your legs out in front of you for 30 seconds. And then you would rest for 20 and then go back into your next stretch. You could also extend that by a period of, instead of 30 seconds, go for two minutes and see what that feels like. Uh, figure four stretches are great. You could do a figure four stretch. This one I like to give clients in their chairs. So if you're sitting in your chair, scoot all the way forward at the front of the chair, bring your right ankle onto your left knee. And now you have this figure four position, sit up as tall as you can. Um, if you had a tail, you'd be showing your tail. You would be lifting your chest and making sure that your pelvis is kind of behind you from here. You're going to inhale, lift your chest and exhale, lean forward while pushing that bent knee out to the side. And you'll feel a beautiful stretch on the outside of your hip. Really great to do. You can do it right at your desk. 30 seconds, three times back and forth from left to right. Uh, you could even do a supine spinal twist. If you have any lower back issues, this is a great one. Lie on your back, pull your right knee into your chest, keep your left leg long. From there, you're going to pin your right shoulder to the floor and you're going to take your knee across your body to the left while keeping your shoulder down on the ground. You should feel a nice little gentle ringing stretch of your lower back of the right side of your hip. There's also one called cat pulling its tail, which I absolutely love. If you're in that spinal twist position, now take that straight left leg, reach back and grab that foot, and then you're doing a quad stretch with your left leg. So you're doing that supine twist with your right hip and that quad stretch with your left leg. That's a two for one right there. And there are a lot of uh, types of stretches that you can do just like that. So those are some examples of static stretching, holding it still from time and not being ballistic or bouncing with the movements. One of my favorite styles of stretching, moving on to another style of stretching called PNF, PNF stretching. The nervous system and the muscles 
your amplifier, and your speakers. They are in constant communication to keep joints and limbs within a safe range of motion. One such safety mechanism is present of the intrafusal spinal fibers that communicate muscle stretch to the spinal cord in the brain. Meaning, if the muscles are stretched, there are these little um, safety messengers that will tell the brain that this muscle's on stretch. Be careful. You want to make sure that you activate this muscle so it doesn't get too long and it doesn't tear. And this is going to be a safety mechanism. It's kind of like if you had a car and your car had a capped out speed just for safety. Now, this car is capable of going much, much faster, but you have this limiter on it that allows you to stay safe and allows you to be able to avoid any type of injuries when it comes to the case of the muscles. If a stretch becomes excessive, for example, an arm swinging uncomfortably far behind your back, or in my case, I was doing a a single arm pull-up one time and I came down way too fast and I tore my pec muscle. Not great, right? Because my muscle was not ready for that amount of load that I put on it. And those muscle uh, safety mechanisms didn't have time to tell the brain to hold on. And even if they did hold on, maybe the muscle itself or the tendon to the bone itself wasn't strong enough to be able to take the forces that I was putting on it. And you have all of these limiters in your body that help you avoid injury. The spindle fibers, they activate specific motor neurons that cause the associated muscles to rapidly contract, thereby bringing muscles and joints back to their normal range of motion. So you do have this protective mechanism. Another protective mechanism is provided by the Golgi tendon organs or the GTOs. You may have heard of the Golgi tendon organs, which they sense a certain amount of load or tension on the muscle. And if the GTO senses too high of a load, for example, you're trying to move something too heavy or you're doing a single arm pull-up that you're not ready for or strong enough for, the GTOs will communicate to the spinal cord and inhibit the motor neuron's ability to contract the muscle, thereby preventing possible injury. So it'll tell the muscle to stop and let go because it does not want to snap if there's too heavy of a load. So you have both on the stretch side and also on the tension side. So you're pretty protected here, which is great. You don't want to be tearing muscles here and there. But PNF, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. That's a mouthful. Proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation stretching. This leverages these mechanisms to actually increase your flexibility. PNF, also called contract and relax stretching, which is much more simple. I like that. Contract and relax stretching combines stretching and contracting of muscles to increase joint range of motion. And in some cases, contractile strength. Okay, so I'm going to try to explain PNF stretching here. So let's say you want to stretch your hamstring. You're going to have a band or a belt or a towel. You're going to lay on your back and you're going to raise one leg up in the air. Now, if you're super flexible, you can have one leg straight lying on the ground and one leg straight perpendicular to the floor. Now, most people have really tight hamstrings, so they probably can't get all the way straight up towards the ceiling. So now you're going to take that resistance uh, band or belt or towel, and you're going to wrap it around your foot. And you're going to start to pull that leg back towards you, keeping your knee straight while keeping the other leg on the ground also straight. You're going to pull the leg back as far as you can until your 
feeling the stretch of your hamstring. You're going to hold it for five to 10 seconds. Now here's the PNF part. That would be a static stretch. Well, it would be an assisted static stretch. Now you're going to hold that towel or belt or whatever it is. And you're going to push that leg back down to the ground, but you're going to resist it with the band. You should be stronger with your upper body than with your, uh, stretched out hamstring leg. Now you're going to fight that leg and it's going to be pulling. And so it's going to have a lot of resistance. And once you get that leg to lower all the way to the ground, but you're resisting it the whole way. So it's like, kind of like strength training. You're going to pull it back up and bring it slightly back further than you had it before. Hold it there for another five to 10 seconds before driving it back to the ground. Repeat five times and then switch your legs. So you're using those, those safety mechanisms by creating a force by pulling on that leg. And now as you are fighting that towel or belt down, you're going to have those things sending signals to the brain that I'm trying to move this leg down, but I can't. And then as you get that leg back up, you should be able to move a little bit further than before. What would this look like with a glute stretch with a towel, uh, grab a roll towel and lie on your back with your legs straight out. Bend one knee and bring the leg in towards your chest. So kind of like that figure four that we talked about. Place the towel around the back of the bent knee, holding each end of the towel. Pull back with the towel with both hands and stretch your glute. And then drive your leg forward into the towel for three seconds. Relax and pull your knee closer to your chest and then do that again five times and switch legs. And then if you were to do this with a calf stretch with an exercise band, uh, let's say you're sitting on the ground with your legs straight forward in front of you. So this is like a seated forward fold, put a resistance band around one foot and grab the band with both of your hands. You're going to pull back on the band, pulling your toes up towards your shin, and you're going to feel that stretch in the back of your calf muscle. Then from there, just like you're pushing into a gas pedal, you're going to push back against the band with your foot, pointing your toes down as far forward as you can, but you're fighting it with that towel. Then relax and pull the toes back farther and then do it again. So your intensity is pushing against the, the force that you're creating, whether it be a towel or a belt or whatever, you're pushing against it and then you're relaxing. And if you want to double down on how to do any of these, anytime you're resisting the towel, breathe in. And anytime you're going back to the stretch, exhale, let go, breathe out. You will notice game changing benefits there. And the last style of stretching that I really love to do, and I do this a lot of times when it comes to people that feel pain, uh, and definitely this is a, this is a advanced technique. So you might want to do this with a professional before you try it, but I want to talk about it a little bit. You have the contract and relax technique, but you also have the contract, relax, antagonistic contract stretching technique. That's a lot of words. It still falls under the PNF stretching category which involves a combination of muscle contractions and relaxions to improve flexibility. But instead of having your muscle and your joint moving during your contraction, so like when you're doing that hamstring stretch with the towel around your foot and you're fighting that towel as you lower your leg, 
In this case, I want you to press against an immovable, immovable object. So what that means is, is uh, now with that towel, you're not going to let your leg move an inch. You're stronger with your both your arms than your one leg in its fully stretched position. So now I want you to isometrically contract that muscle, meaning I want you to, if you were to push, um, let's say you had your hand, arm up against the wall, you're pushing into the wall and that wall is not going to move. That is an isometric contraction. Uh, you are pushing against something that you don't have the strength to move. What that does is that, that engages, initiates all of the muscle fibers of that muscle as it gets a maximal contraction. It sends all the motor units that it can to that muscle because you're asking it to move. It's not moving. So it's going to ramp up and ramp up and ramp up. And once you've exhausted that for five to 10 seconds, breathing in, what you're going to do is you're going to relax and you're going to exhale and you're going to let go of any contraction, any effort at all. And at the same time, you might be able to gently pull that limb or joint into a further range of motion. I love doing this because a lot of times when I feel pain, it has to do with a protection signal that the body is sending me. And it's there for a reason. There's pain there for a reason. But sometimes to get some relief, it helps to do this uh, isometric contraction of the muscle without letting the joint move. So you're putting your leg into a into the most stretched position that you can, and then you're asking it to fire. I had a I had a 90-year-old client that couldn't raise his arms over his head. I talk about him all the time. And what I would do is I would get him to lie on his back and take a PVC pipe or a broomstick and raise it all the way over as far as he could. So I'm having gravity help him take this bar over his head. And then what I would do is I would I would actually use my strength to force the dowel down to the ground. And I would ask him, I would say, all right, try to fight against me. Now he hasn't had his hands over his head. And the only reason these, his hands are over his head are because I helped him get there. But now these muscles are in a stretched and lengthened position that they're not used to. And when I asked him to fire those muscles, what I'm doing is I'm training him to get those muscles to fire in a position that he's not that he's not earned, well, he's he's lost them. He hasn't been able to earn them back. But what this does is this strengthens those muscles in order for him to one day be able to do that. So there are so many ways that you could use this, and it is a really, really cool um, strategy and technique that can be used. The process is believed to initiate a relaxation response in the nervous system, allowing for a deeper stretch during the subsequent static stretch. Incorporating the contraction phase, the tension, may also help the nervous system to release some of the tension in the muscle, making it more amenable to lengthening. And again, it's important to note that PNF stretching, it can be effective, but it should be done with caution, especially if you're a beginner. It's often recommended to learn and practice these techniques under the guidance of a qualified fitness professional or PT, physical therapist, to ensure proper form and minimize the risk of injury. You can go on to YouTube and you can search, contract, relax, stretching, or contract, relax, antagonistic contraction stretching or PNF stretching. And you can find someone to talk you through it, but still having someone there is super, super important in my opinion. 
There are so many ways to stretch. There are so many forms and so many styles and techniques. We would be here all day if I tried to talk through, the, through them. Those are just my favorites right there. There's the static stretching, yen yoga style. There's the PNF where you're moving and fighting against a force. And then there's one where you're, you're pressing up against an immovable isometric contraction. All of these have nuanced benefits and focuses, and a true professional knows exactly when to use these for the exact situation. But the best form is the one that you look forward to doing and the one that you feel is the most productive. The one that you can stack onto an already existing behavior so that you can do it consistently. I've said it how many times now? I stack my stretching with my sleep routine and I I do deep restorative stretching, yen yoga, right before bed, and it's been a game changer for both my sleep quality and quantity, and I've stacked it with something that I've already made a habit, so one domino domino falls right into the other. Maybe you stack yours right after you wake up, and you do a quick little morning stretch routine, or maybe you do it right before bed, or maybe you drop down on the floor on a yoga mat and do it there while you're watching TV, or maybe you do it while you drink your coffee in the morning. You could do it post-workout. That's a great time to do it, to come down. And not only does post-workout stretching help muscles, but it also helps to regulate the nervous system, get it back into a rest and repair state so you're not going from one amped up fight or flight workout to traffic, work, emails, family, dinner, all of that is more fight or flight and your body never has a chance to go down. We did a whole episode on um, post-workout stretching, uh, one of the earlier episodes. Remember to start small. Start short. Start with just a couple muscle groups for just a couple of minutes. Make that a habit. Then increase the duration and, in, and increase the complexity from there. If you want more independence in your later years, if you want less aches and pains, if you want to feel better, if you want better life and or athletic performance, this is a must, friends. This is a must. Mobility, flexibility, strength for sure. And then maybe we can one day move into the power realm, the sprints, the power cleans, the snatches. It is attainable for anyone listening to this right now. You can make progress towards any of those categories. You can achieve whatever you work for. And I promise you that self-care is not selfish. It's a must. And that's it, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me on this self-care episode of the Live in the Dream podcast. Share the knowledge that you gained with your friends and family and hold each other accountable. If you enjoyed this content, it helps a ton if you could post on your social media stories a screenshot of today's episode and include one takeaway. It's a great non-cost way to support this podcast. Make sure you tag me and share your journey. You can tag me at livingthedream underscore podcast or at coachdamian underscore SD. And let us know how this episode benefited you. Let us know what we missed. Let us know what we got wrong. Tell us how you have used flexibility training to improve your dream life. We want to know. Message us if you have any suggestions or tips that would help your Live in the Dream team that we can discuss on future episodes. I'll be right here with you working on making us stronger, happier, and healthier humans. Until next time, friends, keep living the dream.